0: We've got a good show tonight. Events occur in real time. Featuring Bernie Miklas. Oh, we're
1: gonna have a good time, I guarantee you.
0: Worked on this one, Bernie. E. Hmm. Bernie E. Bernie. Now here's Bernie Miklas.
1: Good afternoon. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday in St. Louis. Welcome to another Bernie Miklas show on 590 The Fan. KFNS. By the way, you can uh, always listen to us live via streaming if you want or uh, download the podcast of the show if you missed it or listen to parts of it uh, that you're interested in. Later on, at your convenience. uh, 590thefan.com or through the the 590thefan app. Uh, That's true of all of our shows. So you never really can miss them. Seriously, they're always there for you. It depends on, you know, if you have the time and you have the inclination to go for it. 590thefan.com, the 590 The Fan app. On the show today, John Denton, MLB.com Cardinals beat writer. His segment at 4 o'clock, brought to you by the Post Sports Bar and Grill, home of the official cheesesteak of the Bernie Show. I may add that I think their chicken wings are fantastic. Uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll be joined by Andy Strickland, of course. He needs no introduction. 590 The Fan, Valley Sports Midwest. Uh, host of hockey Sense three to four on Friday, uh, here on five ninety thefan dot com. The Blues, of course, are into their All Star break. Hope they get rested up and come out fired up. Get some of those things improved. Mizzou loses to Arkansas last night, and they were terrible. And uh, even in the you know the Ken Pomeroy projections. Mizzou was actually, uh, you know, according to projection, you, you know, uh, he, Ken Palm had Mizzou winning that game by a few, but uh, they they really weren't into it. And um, if you read some of the post-game coverage throughout the state, PowerMizzou.com, post patch, Kansas City Star, uh, whatever, the situation, uh, Coach Dennis Gates seemed, uh, you know, exasperated, maybe for the first time showing some frustration yeah, I don't know. I Listen, they should be better than they are. How much better? I don't know. I mean, for them to have not won a game in the SEC, they've lost eight out of nine or nine out of ten, whatever it is. It's bad. And um, they'll have a chance maybe to win a game at Vanderbilt on Saturday, but I wouldn't count on it. So, yeah, it's a really a strange season down at Mizzou. I don't know how else to put it. It's just a really strange season. Um, what it means for the future, I don't know. Like we were saying yesterday, a friendly sports bar and grill. Um I'm not going to like sit here and go nuts as far as uh, questioning whether this is the is this coach who we thought he was and all that. I'm not going to do that. But uh, as Gabe DeArmond said on our show yesterday, um, season number three for Dennis Gates is shaping up as something that might be bigger than or more important than perhaps we thought. You know, I think it's uh, I think people are going to want to see some wins and uh see this program get back uh gain some traction next season but that's it's been kind of a bummer and it's the games are um really difficult to watch they're not much fun it's not just because of the winning or the losing hey you can watch teams play and they lose and still a good game illinois, illinois uh that recent road uh, Vic, road uh, loss at northwestern that's a team they should beat um and they did not play well in overtime, talking about the fighting Illini, and they lost to Northwestern. But it was a hell of a game. It was very entertaining. I I don't think uh, the Mizzou games that I've watched parts of, uh, at no point was any of it uh, uh, I, I would consider entertaining. There was nothing entertaining about it. That, that's what's so disappointing because it's just so uh, – so unusually uh, dull it's just really an extreme extreme um, case of dullness you know and I uh, that's bad for your basketball program so we hope coach Gates uh, can get that thing back up and running for next season uh, what else we got today Cardinals quiet I think John Mazzaluk going to be on with us tomorrow uh, right at the top of the show for uh, we do a four to six show on Thursday so be uh, curious. Talk to him about some things. Cardinals are quiet. It's pretty quiet around baseball. There's not a lot going on as far as uh, you know free agent moves. Still some big name out, big name guys out there, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what uh, what's going to shape up because spring training, man, we're we're now into February and uh, Cardinals are I think less than two weeks from reporting date and um i think it's the 14th and 15th something like that doesn't matter don't need the exact date it's a couple of weeks away and um looks like we're going to have some spring you know this this applies to throughout major league baseball we're going to have a lot of spring training signings uh that's happened before so we'll see what happens maybe the cardinals can grab a surprise and uh, you know find someone who's better than maybe we think at the time that they bring him in because i still have to believe by now uh, i i even say well hey Nicholas, you're probably wrong by now on this and i still think they'll they'll reel a reliever in here may not be the most expensive guy but there are some name guys out there that do have some appeal we can talk about this later but one thing i've i've done today a little bit in the free time that I've had is, is to look at um, how well some reliever aid, excuse me, man, I'm having one of those days, um, how well some of those reliever free agent contracts have aged, have they aged well. And preliminary findings, it's one of those deals where it sounds good at the time, and you can understand why teams made a move at a time, like, for example, to give Drew Pomerantz four years and $34 million, something like that. That's a good example. There are many. Uh, reliever contracts don't age well. If you sign someone to a one-year deal, that's a completely different story because there's no liability except the one year. And, you know, you go into it not having to worry about the aging curve or what's this going to look like two years from now. You know, you're taking your chance on a one-year deal. And I think the Cardinals, the guys that they probably still have some interest in, I think they would be one-year deal guys, maybe two at the most. But uh, – no, there's a, there's actually a lot of, a lot we can learn from history if we just dig into history and just to see some examples of what we're talking about. But um, that's why I wonder to see, like, what we'll be saying three, four years from now, some of the bigger reliever contracts have been handed out this winter. And I wonder if uh, any of the critics of the everything the Cardinals do, Not I'm not talking about reasonable people. I'm talking about people who criticize everything they do. Uh, I wonder if any of them would, uh, if some of these reliever contracts that other people have signed elsewhere, if some of those go sour, like many reliever contracts do, multi-year, a lot of money. I wonder if any of the critics will actually say, well, boy, I'm glad they didn't sign that guy. I'm glad the Cardinals, they avoided that. Yeah, and you can say that. Uh, I don't know that anybody's saying it now, but yeah, you're entitled to say that in retrospect. Jim Hewer, what's up today? How you doing, man? I'm doing well.
2: Uh, you know, you were mentioning free agency. Baseball, it's quiet. We're, you know, about two weeks away. Two guys I'm curious to see what happens because I think, not because they're going to be on the Cardinal roster, but I think they could affect what happens in the Central. I'm curious if Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger end up in Chicago, one or you know, or some or somewhere else that will affect the Cardinals. I, I know Chapman's... Offensive numbers have been down, but he's still a good defensive player. And Bellinger, if you throw him in that lineup, the Cubs are much better with him, I think, than without him.
1: I'd be really surprised. Well, I'd say I'd be surprised if if the Cubs don't get one of those two guys. I, I would say Bellinger would be the, the more obvious choice because they know him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there. He was really popular with his teammates and the fans and with the administration, and he was also – uh, someone that that tried to uh, gave it a good effort and really did contribute in terms of like providing leadership and all that um, so there there's an existing relationship there and uh he he went there meaning chicago and he turned his career around there's some underlying data that says, "Hey, watch out!" But uh, I don't know. I think he's a really good player, so I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised if they don't. Uh, uh, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Scott Boris going to do everything he can to to milk this down to the last second. So we'll see where he he ends up. But he, he you know, the player also has to be um, play, player has to be careful about where he wants to go. I mean just cuz somebody else going to offer you, you know, to you know, a few more million dollars, I mean spread out over several years. Um you know, wh- why not go to a place you know that you like and know know that you'll be happy in a place where it looks like the team's capable of winning and going on a run over the next 3 or 4 years? That would be the Cubs. You know, wh- why go, why not go back to a place for a, li- a little less money? Little less money. Mm-hmm. Instead of going for the absolute top dollar. Like, well, I'm going wherever. Who's going to pay me the most? Okay. Suppose you get there and you don't like it. <laughs> and Suppose you get there and it's team stinks. Suppose you get there and the fans and the media, they're saying, well, you know, they signed this Cody Bellinger to be the, you know, the new face of the franchise centerpiece of the lineup. This guy's hitting 230. He's hitting 230. And what? He's got like seven home runs. We're sitting here at the end of May. What's so great about him? Boy, what a waste of money. So does he want that, or does he want to go to a place where the, the people already like him? I don't know. I think most players make pretty smart decisions, but sometimes they don't.
2: Oh, yeah, there's always a couple that you go, good luck to that one, pal. That, that Mike
1: work. Leak did not make a good decision. <laughs> and one of the times, uh, again, I, I I know I'm a broken record, as they say, but uh, I always just love the people that really don't care about the value of the player, but they they just want to see ownership spend. They don't care whether it makes sense, right? Uh, they, 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 they don't care whether the guy's worth it, you know, worth it in terms of value. No, no, no. You just spend. You just spend, spend, spend. That's, a, that's all you got to do. That's the only that's my litmus test. Show me that you can be as dumb as anyone in baseball by wasting money on a guy. I need to see that. That's the only way you'll have credibility with me. If you're stupid and you incinerate money. You'll have my respect. You know, there's there's a lot of kooks out there like that. I know there are. You know, and so the Cardinals signed Mike Leak five years, $80 million, and he was there. Oh, I'm exaggerating on purpose. Uh, he was a Cardinal for about two weeks. That was two weeks too long. And the Cardinals <laughs> and uh, the other pitchers are like, this guy's a weirdo. Get him out of here. You know. Yeah, it was strange. I know. So that's what I'm saying. Be, you know, be careful. I don't know that Mike Leak really thought St. Louis would be the place for him. I think he wanted the most money. He got it. One of the one of the times that Bill DeWitt said, "Damn it, we're gonna we're just gonna get him no matter what it takes." How'd that work out? <laughs> they were still paying him after they dumped him on Seattle. Yeah, you know
2: that was ridiculous.
1: So I, I'm willing to ride with the Cardinals as long as they make smart signings. You know. Yes. I'll I'll take. Um, I'd rather have more economical signings that work and provide good value than just flinging money around and you're crossing your fingers. And I'm talking about a lot of money, a lot of money. I'm not talking about some stuff they're capable of doing and they haven't done. But again, I'm talking about the fantasy land, candy land, LSD induced fantasies of, you know, They're going to outbid everyone for Yamamoto, that kind of stuff. That's You're just, again, you're just nuts. It was never going to happen, didn't happen, never will happen, you know? Yes. Um, So you might as well uh, just really be smart about who you do bring in, you know? Real smart to bring in Sonny Gray. Uh, I think real smart to sign Kyle Gibson to a one-year contract. Um, Very underrated, even locally still. Uh, Based on his recent body of work, which it's better than people think. And I just keep saying it and saying it and saying it. Thanks to Nate Lucas, man. Yeah, he's he told me. He said, he said, yeah, you, 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 you put some things out there about uh, Kyle Gibson. I, I, you know, I really wasn't looking at some stuff and you really enlightened me on some of it. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. And again, I'm not saying, well, hey, he'll be on the Cy Young ballot. No, I'm not saying that, but he's, you know, when when they signed Kyle Gibson, you know, it was kind of like, eh, eh. The guy was pretty damn good last year. You know, Better, like I said, more quality starts than the Dylan Cease, Aaron Nola, and uh, all these other guys the Cardinals fans wanted, you know, the, the Cardinals spent $200 million on, you know, um, or give up uh, all their good prospects for. I don't know. I, I'm all about the value. I'm totally fine saying that, too. Um, and the Cardinals, that through the years, have really uh, have really, when they do go a little bigger, man – it has not worked out very well, so be careful of what you wish for.
2: So true, so true. I got a question from the text line. Please it says uh, Bernie. It's always good to talk baseball. Who do you think is the front runner in the Central Division right now?
1: Um, I still think it's the Cubs. Uh, and and that's assuming, and and I shouldn't do that because the question was right now, which I respect mm-hmm. that that term. I still think the Cubs are the team to beat uh Craig council i mean that's that's the one reason right there and they haven't yeah losing bellinger hurts them and if they if in fact they do lose him but they also um they they've also got a lot of positive things going on for themselves and you know Jamison and last year was really good down the stretch his final numbers weren't very good but Kyle Hendricks uh, came back successfully after a you know, season and a half of shoulder issues. They've got some – Justin Steele did get a lot of Cy Young votes. I mean, um, I don't think it was any big loss uh, for, for Stroman not to be there because he was hurt all the time. Uh, but they they have a lot working for them. But I'm also assuming they're going to add to what they have. And I can't say that about the Cardinals, right? Yeah. Um, and – you know, when you take Craig Council out of Milwaukee and you put him in Chicago where resources are not an object, although Jed Hoyer is pretty disciplined, um, you know, and they signed the, the left-handed starter for, out of Japan, Imanaga, and, you know, there's mixed feelings on him, but um, I, I, I think the Cubs, uh, I think the gamble's is responsible. Um, I think Craig Council puts them over to the top as if we're speculating about who would win the division now a team a team they like they've made some kind of stealth moves for their pitching staff, and they're not bad moves they're they're not splashy moves, talking about the Cincinnati Reds, but they brought in some guys uh again that they consider to be low you know good value moves where mm-hmm. they didn't break the bank, Nick Martinez being one of them. I think if the Reds went in big on a starter that's available in the market uh, as far as trade, like the Reds aren't going to sign Blake Snell, nor should they. Well, he won two sites. I don't care what he's won, okay? It would be a disaster in that ballpark. And uh, are you going to get the Blake Snell that's going to, you know, uh, pitch 100 innings, or are you going to get the guy that, that he'll max out at 130 innings? I mean, what, what you know, what are we talking about here? You know, his stats are great, but if there's more to the story. That's all I'm trying to say. And you got to also know thy ballpark. But um, but if, but if uh, the front if the front office Cincinnati actually just got after something like just had, add that one starting pitcher that could really really be the big glue that binds that whole thing and takes a little pressure off Green and Ladolo and uh some of their other young starters where they don't have to be the guy or or you can afford when green gets his annual injury or whatever mm-hmm. you'll have uh you'll you know you still have a, a a top dog at at the front of the rotation if they would just splurge on something like that and they have enough prospects to trade uh the the reds could be the team that you would say yeah you know what i'm going to go over to the sports book and i'm going to put put my money down on them to win the division you know, they, they're in, they in position to do something like that. I just, uh, they continue to hold back, though. And that's, own, that's more ownership than the guy running the baseball operation. But that's what we got to understand. I say it on the show all the time. You know, when we blame the baseball operation here or other places, you, 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 you shouldn't do that unless you look at the ownership and how much ownership wants to spend or where, where the line is being drawn in terms of payroll. Because we all have bosses, including John Mozeliak, including Nick Crawl, including Jed Hoyer, including Matt Arnold in Milwaukee, including um, Ben Cherington in Pittsburgh. They all got bosses. Okay, it's not like, hey, hey, uh, uh, hey, Bill, we, uh, you know, we just, uh, we, we just agreed to a deal. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna give uh, Blake Snell uh, thirty-two million a year over the next four years. So I uh, just wanted to let you know he's a cardinal now. Doesn't work that way. Okay? <laughs> oh, boy,
2: but, I'd love to be a fly on the wall why, for that
1: Why do so many people think it works that way? We did what? <laughs> you know? Now, I do think Mo has adjusted things in that he knows better than to uh, actually try to take some stuff upstairs. You know? Now, he he kind of knows what the parameters are. But do you, do you hate him because of that? That seems kind of silly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you have parameters, you have parameters. Don't we all have certain standards that are that are put on us by the people we work for?
2: Absolutely.
1: You know? And that applies to just about every business. So we'll talk more about all this stuff as we uh, as we go uh, along. Um, see what else I would do. I Actually, I did want to talk about one thing not right now. I was doing some research because uh, just talking about the Cubs brought this up to me. You know, Baseball America... Excuse me. Uh MLB pipeline, you know, they at the end of, to towards the end of January they came up with their top 100 list, you know, the Cubs got 7 on there. Oh, 7. Yeah. Oh boy. They got 7. Every uh every team I believe in the Central's got more than the Cardinals do right now. But, you know, in fairness to the Cardinals, they they've also graduated uh quite a few young position players from that prospect list up to the major leagues, you know. So you know, right now you're kind of waiting for the next the uh, next wave to uh, fully fully develop, but, I'll, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that here in a, in a few minutes. Let's take a time out and you hit us with text messages. I think it's going to be a good text message day today. Jim Hewer, what's that phone number, buddy? 855-282-8255. That text if you got questions for me, we'll do an ask Bernie. I'll be happy to answer them all. I want to do something different today. Uh, in addition to talking to John Denton about the Cardinals at four o'clock. And then Andy Strickland coming up uh, later in the show. Tomorrow, um, 4 to 6, we'll have uh, John Mozalek near the top of the show. We're looking forward to that. And um, what else? Well, let's just take a break right now here on The Bernie Show.